Dot, uh, my one of my parents' cats, um, likes to steal strings and like shoelaces and just like anything that's like a, a string like thing. And she stole the tie from around this bathrobe, so I have a pair of jeans around it to hold it shut. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love you. I love you too. Are you drinking alcohol? It's like 11.30 a.m. It's 11.31 a.m. and this is just a Mike's hard. You're getting wasted. Okay, I also have a bottle of water. And it's Sunday. You're getting turned. I'm sipping some coffee today. Oh, anyway, I guess we could like. Yeah. Hi. Hey, welcome, welcome to, to podcast episode three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I have <laughs> my coffee's still hot. I can't finish. <laughs> oh, I finished my coffee already. Now I'm drinking. So I'm drinking coffee. Taste on um, chugging alcohol. Yeah, let's talk about our weeks. How was your week? You talk first. Um, well, I'm currently at my boss's, um, and I'm house-sitting for about 13 or 14 critters. That's at least three. <laughs> That's- it's- it's a little more than three, in fact. But um, it's at least three. At, you're right. Was you're, I wrong? You, you're not. You're not wrong. But I'm having a good time. Yeah. Um, during the day, I, like, so I go downtown and, like, hang out with, you know, like, do what I normally do during the day, and that's, like, my, like, normal life. And then in the evenings and sometimes afternoons, I come back here and it's, like, I get to live my dream life of being, like, a single 40-year-old woman with a bunch of animals. I can't wait <laughs> In a big house my by myself. It's amazing. I can't wait uh, to be that. How was your week anyway, besides it was, it was It was good. It was good. That's all I've been doing. Uh, I went home, visited my family for Thanksgiving. Uh, that's about it. I'm sorry you did nothing. <laughs> I really didn't do anything. It was very unfortunate. Um, I mean, I had like a... My week was pretty boring. What did I even do? God. Oh, I got a new job. <laughs> yeah! Oh, yeah, that's right! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got a new job, so that's pretty cool. I start on December 10th, and I had to put in my two weeks notice at my job this Friday. So I put it on my manager's desk, and then apparently my boss's wife came in. So she comes and, like, she picks it up, and she, like, pulls me aside, and she's like, I just want to make sure you're not leaving because I didn't put you on day shift. And I, like, I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's okay. Aww. Like, I'm staying PRN. Like, I love all of my residents yeah. there, but I have a couple, and you know particularly that there's one that I just love a whole bunch, and she's just, like, another grandma to me. So I'm not leaving for sure, for sure, but I'm like definitely only working like one day right. a week there and then I'm gonna For be sure. working like 30 hours a week at it's like um perfect in the psychiatric unit I was house sitting that's about it that's what I did for Thanksgiving um and all of my family was gone for Thanksgiving we're talking about alien abductions this time with better audio the aliens got it for us this episode is brought to you by my will to live wait I don't have that shit oh no oh no it all went wrong so this episode is dedicated to our good friend Alex. We just saw oh, this yeah. past weekend. Alex is so pure. He's giving me life advice, even though he's like twelve. You have to stop saying that. He's an adult now. I know. I need to let him grow up. <laughs> okay, Alex. I'm sorry. From this moment forward, I will no longer call you twelve. You can be forty. Yeah, he suggested we do some alien abductions. So, and I'm super excited for this. I like didn't know how soon we would do this episode, but I'm like super stoked about it because there's a case that I really really like. So I ended up doing like a popular one instead of an obscure one. Nice. So, nice. oh, it's the one that you really like, like a more popular. Yeah, one? yeah. It's like one of the most popular ones, so you'll probably know about it. Nice. But it's fine. Oh yeah. Is really it the? Like it. Oh, I'll guess when we get to we'll it. Guess when but yeah, yes. So this is dedicated to Alex then. Thank you, Alex, for that lovely idea, and da Alex, I dabbed for you. Yeah, Alex yeah, loves yeah. dabbing. Alex is just a big meme, and I love him. He is. Alex <laughs> is just a meme boy. Do you see his, like, Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants to follow somebody that's a total meme and will always make you question his sanity, um, it's literally he warned you about the stairs. It's, it's a, a fucking Homestuck reference. reference. <laughs> he warned you about the stairs, bro. <laughs> Literally everything he posts, though, is just, like, a fucking shit post. Yeah. But he gives awesome life advice. Oh, Don't go in ow, 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 ow. 
Tay, I'm trying Ow. to record an episode. Ow! Tay just keeps screaming in pain. So Dina um, keeps on biting my ankles. Okay. Anyway, so now we're gonna thanks thanks Alex for the topic. Let's talk about close encounters. Let's get past this. Let's look at the handy dandy document that Tay, the more organized of our group, put together. You for know, us. I just have a lot more time on my hands, and I'm bored sometimes. So um, here I we go. spend <laughs> I spend my time making bad life choices. Okay, anyway, so let's talk about yes. Heineck's scale. I almost said Hyman's scale on accident. See, okay, I can't see Heineck without thinking of, like, Let's talk about scale. I hate you. Tell me about the scale. I hate myself, too. Tell me about All the right. scale. So this was created to kind of categorize different um, types of close encounters. So... I guess I will start this time because you started the last time when we yes. were talking about. Do we know who like made this? Things. Like, was there a specific person? His name was Heineck. Oh yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> You're so smart. I just assumed like Thank he you. had a really high neck. I think he was like a ufologist. Ufologist. Yeah. Let's see. Um, this terminology and the system of classification behind it were first suggested in astronomer and UFO researcher J. Allen Hynek's 1972 book, The UFO Experience, A and Scientific Inquiry. And his neck inquiry. was really fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> what if this guy just had, like, a really, really short neck, and then he went around introducing himself as Hynek, and then people were just like, like, oh, you must have a high neck, ha ha ha, and then he was, like, really self-conscious about his little tiny short neck all the time. Poor thing! Sorry, Heineck. I understand why you got into aliens. You probably just wanted to get away from us. Your neck was just so high, you could see all of the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about daylight discs and nocturnal lights. Yeah, so, okay, I'm gonna start by saying that um, Heineck scale um, initially included six different types of close encounters, but eventually, like, more were kind of added on to it. So, the first thing, uh, it starts from, like, not very incredible things and it goes to the more like crazy things i guess so daylight discs and nocturnal lights are literally like exactly what they sound like so daylight wait daylight don't forget, discs. Don't forget yes. your added note of tbh oh yes exactly what they sound like tbh you have to you have to um you have to do what i do and just live up the fact that you write notes like a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> i will read directly from this document no um but yeah so these aren't detailed at all um so daylight discs are literally just like People reporting, like, the relative shape of a disc that they can see during the day, um, and it's, like, over 500 feet away, so really all they can see is, like, a shape or something. Um, and then nocturnal lights are just lights that people see at night. I saw a fucking street light, I don't know what to do, man. (gasps) Oh my god! (laughs) I used to, um, I grew up, like, you've been to my house, like, once, but, um, someday you'll have to come during like the summer because it's actually really cool we have this thing next to us like you know those guys that fly around in the parachutes up in the sky sometimes the flight place is literally our next door neighbor um so they set off and they used to like fly helicopters and stuff there too and it's really really cool my neighbor actually has one of those parachutes and offered to bring me up once but when when i I was too little i was like scared um because it's like a lot higher up when you're a little kid like now it's like I get that I could die, but I'm, like, all right with it first off. But also, I'm, like, taller, so it's, like, I feel a little bit more, like, stable. Whereas, like, as a yep. little kid, it's, like, you want me to go 8,000 feet in the air? Um, but, yeah, they fly off by my house. And when I was little, I didn't really understand it because, like, there are a whole bunch. So I used to think we were just, like, surrounded by aliens because all night there would just be, like, little lights in the sky above me. <laughs> There were just aliens surrounding my house. Yeah, it's really cool, though. Um, Someday we'll have to go there. There are, like, a hundred of them. They just fly over our house nonstop. It actually gets kind of annoying because our other neighbors have peacocks, so there's just all these lights flying around, and then the peacocks are always mating, so they're always going, (laughs) and then that's just like... And then that's just like oh. the that is how I grew up. Those are the noises and sights that surrounded me. Bless. And the next one is radar visual. Is that, like... Yes. Um, oh okay so it's like radar visual which is either of the above but with added like radar confirmation so like it's a little bit harder evidence because like there's actual confirmation because anybody can just kind of say like I saw a light like me (laughs) as a child looking up at the sky and going look at all the aliens look at all those aliens Um, but like it can also be unreliable in these cases you can't necessarily 
just like assume that means that it happened. Indeed. So that is correct. Yes, indeed we do. Indeedly doobly do. <laughs> Indubitably. Indubitably. I hate myself. Okay. <laughs> edit this out. Edit out the whole podcast. Actually, just edit out the whole. Just, okay, like, I'll release it. forty-five minutes of just like me going nothingness. And your cat typed me a nice little message. Again. Oh, thank you. Um, cats. cases <laughs> Tell me about the next thing. Tell yeah. you what could possibly be next in wow. this word document. You know, so now we're actually getting into. Huh, the the thing called close encounters so i want you to know that i thought really hard about maybe doing like because i was drinking coffee i was gonna do like a spit take of excitement <laughs> but then i was like i don't want to cover my computer and spit so i did it but, like great. i thought about it that would have been amazing um but but uh yeah so we've got uh close encounters of the first kind now so these are visual sightings 500 feet or closer so these differ from daylight discs and noc- nocturnal lights because they're close enough where you can kind of see uh Excuse me, I'm burping. Um, more de- <laughs> you can see more details, um, but it's still just like a visual sighting. Like there's really nothing more to it than that. I can't like, do this. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh. oh, is my tongue yellow? Am I getting thrush? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, so close encounters of the second cat. <laughs> Okay, so in case this actually makes it into the episode, I was trying to do that thing where you can, like, so we have, like, a video recording on of us, like, we can see each other, um, and I was trying to do that thing because I saw myself and I got excited and distracted, where you, like, roll your tongue up into, like, a little, like, taco. Taco tongue. I was trying to make a taco tongue. (laughs) Close encounters of the second kind. Let's get to that. Yeah, yeah, let's do Um, that. So... These are ones that have like physical effects and notable, like not just a visual thing at this point. So like electric interference, animal reactions, paralysis, or there's physiological effects in the witness or like a, some sort of physical traces. So that would be like, would that be like um, when the people like get implants or whatever? You know what I could mean, be. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah like that's, that's kind of an example of it. Um, there are mm-hmm. other things too, obviously. That's not the only thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then, so that's yeah. kind of an example. And then, like, also, yeah, in close encounters, the second kind too. Then, um, like the there's yeah, there's the physiological effects, like you said. Um, and it could uh-huh. like the you know it could be like implants and stuff. But um, kind of I think the key here is that the witnesses don't remember like it actually uh-huh. happening. Whereas in close encounters of the third kind, like the witness can actually recall uh the presence of an animated creature. This creature could be observed like inside, outside, and or near the UFO. Sometimes there is no UFO but like just like the alien creature itself and uh then there are like also times that also count for close encounters of the third kind where it's it's described as like quote-unquote intelligent communication um without actually seeing a ufo or an entity so like some sort of communication happens between um an alien creature and a human witness but there's no actual visual component there which i think is kind of interesting yeah so that's all of high neck scale Mm-hmm. Um, but then later, uh, there were extensions added onto high neck scale as like more crazy shit was happening, I guess. Oh, hey, I'm close encounters of the fourth kind. I get to say that one. Yeah, you do. Just to clarify, this is not part of high neck's original scale, but this it's is, um, now some dude was like, well. yes, or some lady or some, so- someone, I don't remember. Um, close encounters of the fourth kind. As an extension of the high neck scale, a close encounter of the fourth kind would be um, an encounter in which the witness is abducted or undergoes a transformation of their sense of reality. So, like, I undergo a transformation of my sense of reality, like, every single night. So, like... Damn, wow. Close encounters of the fifth kind um, is when, uh, like, conscious and cooperative direct communication between the alien creature and the human witness occurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Close encounters of the sixth kind are when a human or animal of death is associated with a UFO. (laughs) Did you know that I hate you? I hate me too. We have a lot in common. Tell me about close encounters of the seventh kind. (laughs) So close encounters of the seventh (laughs) kind, um, would you like me to read this word for word what I wrote in this doc? Yes, please. Hybridization, parentheses, sex, close parentheses, parentheses again, 
Or artificial, but sex is way better. Can you imagine alien sex? Wow. Close parentheses. I feel like I'd be freaked out. I'm just imagining, like, an, like a, an alien creature just being, like, super researched in, like, because, you know, they've done all these, like, experiments on us that we don't know about and shit, you know? So, uh, just so imagine they'd be really them knowing- good at it. Yeah, I'm imagining them being really good at it and just, like, being like, all right, cool, I'm gonna lay back on this table and you just do what you want with me and I'll pop out your alien baby and be revolutionary. So, anywho. Anywho. Okay, so, are you going- yeah, you're going first. Yeah, I'll go first. I'm gonna be talking about, um, the- one of the most popular and most documented cases- Is it the Bob and Betty Hill one? Is it the what? The Bob and Betty or- No, it's not. Okay. No, it's not. That's a good one, too. Um, no, this is the 1976 Stanford, Kentucky abductions um, with Mona Stafford, Louis Smith, and Elaine Thomas. Nice. I feel like I've heard of that, yeah. You probably have. But, yeah, so the the abduction took place in um, early January of 1979, and these three women were from Liberty, Kentucky. They, it's important to note that all three of them had a really good reputation, and they were considered very sincere and honest people, and they really had no motivation to concoct a story like this. So all of their testimonies were considered really reliable for reasons I get, I'll get into later as well. So <laughs> I'll set the scene once again. We've got set it, set it, set yes. me, paint me a mental picture. Early January in 1979, <clears throat> it is Mona's birthday. The three women, uh, I'll name them again. We've got Mona, Louise, and Elaine. They went out for dinner at the Redwood Restaurant, which is south of Lancaster, Kentucky, on U.S. Highway 27, which was 35 miles from, I think it was Louise's house that they had all left from, um, back in Liberty, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so they're hanging out at this restaurant for Mona's birthday, just celebrating. Um, I guess there was, like, something there that I guess all three of these women were, like, artists, too. And they were, like, sketching something on the on the wall um, of this restaurant. That's why they wanted to go there. So they were all hanging Aww. out, having a good time. And then finally at 11.15 p.m., they were like, maybe we should uh, start going home now as we've been here a while, you know. So they leave at 11.15, um, and Louise is driving. It's 38 degrees out. That's Fahrenheit. They've got uh, 15-mile visibility, so skies are super clear. All of the women are sober. None of them had had anything to drink. So they're not you. Of of the alcoholic variety. Shut up. Let me take another swig. I'm going to finish this. Oh, you had your pinky out. At least you're a lady. Louise is driving. Um, They're on Highway 78. Clear skies. Everything's going totally normal. And then suddenly the three women see, like, this bright red object in the sky. And Mona recalls, like, remembering thinking that it could have been, like, a plane crashing. Like, a plane on fire that just, like, came into the atmosphere. And they were, like, she was, like, oh, like, speed up. Like, let's go, like, help the survivors, you know, if this is a plane or whatever. So Louise starts going faster and she's going 85 miles per hour, which is, like, faster than she's ever gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly she, like, starts losing control of the car. Like, she can't At 85? Yeah, 85 miles per hour. I would have been terrified <laughs> at 85 okay let me tell you i've gotten like accidentally not realizing i was going so fast i've gotten up to like 95 but yeah so they're um losing control of the car and Luis couldn't steer it or anything and like mona reached over and tried to help and you know none of them could freaking steer the car and um i guess Luis even like lifted her foot off the gas pedal and was like showing them that like she didn't even have her feet on the pedals um oh they were just like I would have been so scared. Okay, like, cars scare me a little bit. Yeah. They cause me so much anxiety after having been in them before. It's like, I've gotten in so many before. It's, yeah. It's the scariest feeling. Like, well, luckily they didn't get in an accident. But it's like, the the pre accident thing. Oh, exactly. Like, the accident itself is, like, scary, but not the scariest Mm -hmm. part. The scariest part of an accident is, like, that part before where you realize that you've lost control. And, like, the car, you're in just, this flying giant metal object and like so scary don't like it i don't like it and here Um, is another reason k's a control freak (laughs) anyway anyway um but yeah so this um this bright red light that they saw in the sky was suddenly right behind the car um, and then just as suddenly as it was there, then it was, like, on the driver's side. And they're able to really see it. And I guess um, what they remember seeing here was, um, like, it was a huge metallic disc. 
with a dome on top and red lights around the rim. So mm-hmm. like that, those are probably the lights I saw, those red lights. And then there was a blinking yellow light like on the bottom of the disc. Um, and the women described it later as the size of a football field. And another one described it as the size of two houses like put together, which is pretty freaking big. <laughs> yeah, is that like, I don't even know how big is a football field. I've never been to one. A hundred yards? I feel yards. like maybe I've been to one. That's about the size of two houses put together. This is That's about so- the size of my dick. Dear Lord. <laughs> You must have a really sad sex life. But yeah, so then uh, the light moves from the driver's side to the front of the car. And then suddenly, uh, as it was doing this, a bluish white light shot into the car. And then the car was suddenly filled with a fog and um, a burning sensation that was so bad the woman like, couldn't open their eyes. And then when they were finally able to open their eyes, the last thing that they remember is their car that they were you know, not in control of anymore um, was right. being backed into... They had a burning sensation that stopped them from opening their eyes? How does that work? Like... No, they had a burning sensation that was so bad that they couldn't open their like eyes. in so, their like, eyes? Their eyes were burning? So, like, the car filled with a fog, right? And, like, oh, the fog was, like, okay. burning their eyes. So okay. they, like, I thought, yeah, like, they were closing their eyes to protect their I eyes. thought you meant, like, suddenly their eyes, like, like had that feeling, like, when you've had it contacted for too long. Oh, God, that's the fucking oh, like, worst. Once, <laughs> when, I was in, um, when I was in, like, high school, I asked my friend if she had contact solution, and she's like, I'll go, like, ask my mom. Maybe my mom has some. And then she, like... She didn't ask her mom, but she found, because I guess her mom had left, but she found, like, the solution. And apparently, um, contact cleaning solution is different from, like, the contact solution that you store it in. And you're oh, yeah, to, I just, yep. So I put the contact cleaning solution on it and then put it in my eye, and I thought my eye was on fire, and I thought I was going to go blind because I only have one eye. So, like, yeah. it felt like the one was just falling out. And I, like, started screaming, and my friend's never worn contacts before. And she's like, is this normal? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is normal. Every so, time I put a contact in, I just scream a little bit. It's fine. I mean, I just scream. Every time I wake up, I kind of scream a little bit. <laughs> but, yes, so that's what yes. I was confused on if you meant, like, that was burning out. Side their eyes or like inside their eyes you feel it was outside their eyes yes i feel i should have clarified more <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway yeah so uh the car that they're not in control of anymore is being backed into a pasture apparently the like the engine stalling light was on even though the car was like going super fast at this point so the engine wasn't working but the car was still moving that's um, awkward yeah, so an hour and 20 minutes go by, and then suddenly the women are back in the car on the highway like nothing had happened, except they had exposed burns and were eight miles away from where they last remembered being. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trip that normally would have taken 45 minutes had taken them two hours, and this was confirmed by the neighbor. They came home and were like, what just happened? Like, this is weird. It's way later than it should be. So then they went, like, next door and were mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what happened to us. Um, and the neighbor was like, all right. So he sent all three of the women in separate rooms um, and told them to all sketch, like, what they saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without, like, talking to each other, you know, without, like, being able to show each other what they were drawing, I guess all three of their sketches of the craft came out nearly identical, which is pretty convincing. Well, yeah, and especially if it took, like, two hours and, like, yeah. the whole time their car had been going, like, 85, like, it should have been faster. Yeah. So, like, that's yep. even more <laughs> yeah. unaccounted for time. Um, yeah, so then the women are, like, kind of freaked out at this point and they call the police, and they even called the Navy, but, like... <laughs> Oh shit! I don't this know why, weird. but they Let called the navy. It's kind well, of well. The police didn't do the police didn't do shit, so they were like, maybe the navy will help. And the navy didn't do shit. I feel like I feel like this is like when I talked about the Zodiac killer, and we were like, and then they called some guys on a boat. <laughs> I feel like it's like the alien version of that. They just called up the navy. The navy got involved. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, so like nobody did anything about it. Not so even the it navy. Not even the Navy, but, um, obviously, like, this was leaked to the press, so suddenly, like, the press knows about it, and, like, everyone, like, everyone knows about it at this point. And the Navy really um, regretted not getting involved. So, <laughs> so this investigator named Jerry Black, like, Jack you know, Black's sees, cousin. Um, so, Jack Black's cousin Jerry gets on the case, and he interviews the three women, and in doing so, he, um, started, like, discovering the long-term effects of the encounter. So, some of these things included, obviously, physical pain. I guess all three of the women had started chain-smoking, and they'd never done that before. <laughs> like, That's a same. bit of a habit to pick up. 
totally what I would do if I got abducted by an alien. Oh, yeah, I would just for start sure. chain smoking. And I guess they were they just had like they were thirsty all the time, which also same. Um <laughs> I mean we all know I'm also thirsty. <laughs> Don't mind me just cracking up at a cold one. Wait, hold on. Oh. <laughs> Cracking open a cold one with the boys. And I guess all three women had also lost a significant amount of weight since this had happened. Like, I think I read somewhere um, one of them lost, like, 17 pounds Oof. and one of them lost, like... Like, it was a pretty significant amount of weight for the, the amount of time that had passed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, these women were only, like, I think I read 125 pounds, Oof, and, you know, like, yeah. around there. And, you know, just losing that much weight is, like, a lot. Yeah, that's um, a good percentage of their weight. And then they all had a round blotch on the nape of their neck. Uh, they were described as looking like a newborn before blistering. And I guess these um, marks like disappeared completely two days after the abduction. And they all had like because we were talking before about how you know their eyes were, were bothered and stuff. So all of them had like inflamed eyes for a bit. But Mona in particular had really bad inflammation in her eyes and um hers like remained really bad this is for why a while. you have to be careful about which kind of contact cleaner <laughs> you put in your eye kid and it was PSA. like inexplicable so it had nothing to do with the contact cleaner like they didn't know why her eyes were just so bad um and then so there were also like animal reactions too your hair is so cute good job so louise had a parakeet and usually when louise got home after a long day or something and her parakeet hadn't seen her in a while the bird would get like super excited like yeah you're home i'm so happy which i think is so cute and i love birds so much i know you don't but i love birds it's okay um. i understand <laughs> i understand why people like don't like them too but i love them but uh this time louise got home and the parakeet was like afraid instead of excited and i guess it was like afraid of her ever since like it never got excited to see her again it was always just scared to see her and tests were done too where other people would come in and the bird would be totally fine but then Luis would come in and like the bird would freak out and the bird ended up dying two months after oh. the abduction um uh, yeah and then Luis's watch as we're still talking about Luis here her watch also got all like kooky the hands of her watch were like just spinning around like crazy at one point um and also her alarm clock stopped working her car she she was the one driving so it was her car that was at the scene too and the signal lights on her car had stopped working and it was having like other electrical problems and stuff um yeah so that was kind of like the initial results of the abduction i guess um so then Two months later, March of 1976, uh, the women underwent regressive hypnosis under <laughs> Dr. Sprinkle. <laughs> I would really trust a doctor with that name. I love it! <laughs> yeah, Thanks, so, Dr. Um, Sprinkle. And they did this, actually, they, went, they underwent this hypnosis once in March and then again in like June or July because when they first did it in March, I guess the women were still really, really shaken up and it was hard to really get them to open up because they were just like so traumatized and then yeah then they did it again in july and they had somebody conducting polygraph tests on them in july when they did it and this guy doing it his name was james young and he was actually like a total skeptic at the time too mm -hmm. like he did not think that they had actually been abducted and he didn't like he didn't believe in aliens whatever but um i guess he was like actually super surprised after doing the hypnosis and everything and conducting the polygraph tests because they had shown absolutely no signs of deception uh -huh. um throughout the entire thing and then he you know i guess he kind of turned into a bit more of a believer at this point because he was like whoa like they definitely experienced some sort of trauma uh -huh. um so this is what they uncovered during this regressive hypnosis <clears throat> are you ready i'm ready <laughs> I'm so the so three women the three women were taken aboard the alien craft, and they all underwent physical exams, which were sometimes harsh and torturous. None of it was ever sexual, but there it was still. Don't pull like, your shirt down while you say. I'm none sorry. Of it was ever I'm put sexual. <laughs> I'm putting my earbud in my shirt so that Dita doesn't attack it. Okay. Um. So 
yeah, none of it was sexual, but they were still, like, restrained in kind of, like, humiliating ways. And all three of them were in, like, different examination rooms. So Luis was on a table. Elaine remembers being inside this, like, capsule sort of thing. And she had, like, a noose around her neck. Like, it wasn't, like, a a noose, but it was like a noose, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess every time she tried to talk or make a sound, it would just, like, tighten. And then Mona was in a Mona was in like an examination chair, um, and all three of them had their bodies scanned, and they had like pressure applied to their limbs and stuff. And then Elaine recalls her chest being probed with like there's like a tube with like a bullet like thing on top, and she had her chest probed with it. And I guess um, later uh, after the abduction had happened, she was experiencing like pain in the same area that she later said that she was probed in um and then both elaine and mona remembered having like a warm liquid applied to their skin all over their body and their face and then what they remember about the aliens themselves was like pretty vague but all three of them recalled them being like shadowy figures who floated and glided and then they all remember like their eyes like they had like they specifically remembered their eyes so like Elaine saw two eyes and a round head kind of floating in the darkness one was blue and one was just like dark and they all said that the figures were like four or five feet tall like they were kind of like shorter sort of figures I guess Louise um refused to look at much out of fear like she was just like really scared she, she kept her eyes closed most, most well, of the yeah. time but she I would I probably would have been in the same oh boat. yeah I would have totally um. like I would have done that thing whenever I'm in like a stressful situation instead of dealing with it I just dissociate like yep, yep, I go yep. to like a different that's why like people are always like how do you have such a high pain tolerance and I'm like it's because I'm not there man I'm in not a different you. world I just like I'm gone and I just like sit there like rock solid and I'm like do what you must people they would do like past regression therapy on me and they would be like oh you don't remember anything do you and i'd be like oh man that's because i was at home enjoying an omelet like <laughs> an omelet. a nice old omelet oh. but yeah so louise didn't look at much but um she remembered the alien's hands being like jagged wingtips which i think is kind of a weird image to and you want to have sex with that I mean, who knows? Maybe it would do some interesting stuff. I don't know. <laughs> With their wings. I don't actually want to. Okay? Are you sure? Just like, I feel like I'm thirsty. I have insatiable thirst, just like everyone. Remember Independence Day? What about Day? it? You just want to, like, you're going to be one of the ones standing on top of the roof of, like, the skyscraper holding up a sign that says, please just bone me. I've run out of options. <laughs> down the cats are finally exhausted just passed out behind me okay um tell me more about your yeah okay so speaking of dissociating mona i guess had sort of a moment that kind of resembled dissociating but like we don't know if she was actually dissociating or if like this was i don't know it's just it's it's weird dita no (laughs) um so i guess I guess she she saw light at the end of a tunnel, and I guess she could see, like, an examination table with a woman on it, and, like, mm-hmm. she, she said she didn't know who it was, but it could have been any one of the three women. Like, she said she could have even been looking at herself. She didn't know. She couldn't remember. And I guess while this was happening, she felt like her eyes were being pulled out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, this really strong sensation of just, like, tugging on her eyes, and it was really painful. And she could see, like, a purple eye with, like, lightning rays, and that was what was doing the pulling so yeah so uh conclusions so what they've concluded by doing all the reporting and the experiments on these women and stuff is that something (laughs) what i have written is a something faux show happened (laughs) like (laughs) no doubt about it i like how we like live in our like we just live up our shitty notes yeah, so something for sure happened, and I guess around the same time and area that the three women were abducted, there were other witnesses and UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple that wanted to remain anonymous that saw a large luminous object above their home, and then there were other people who saw like, a ring of reddish-orange lights around a flying disc, and then there were two teenagers who were driving, and they chased a low-flying UFO and like ended up reporting it to the police. And then, um, remember when I said that like the last thing that the women remembered was being like backed into a pasture Mm -hmm. um 
I guess the owner of said pasture, like on that same night, saw a low flying object that shot like a beam of light to the ground. Ooh. Ow! Dina! You're gonna have to include you screaming up. He's hanging. He's hanging on my pants. But yeah, that's all I have actually. So <laughs> that's one of my favorite cases of alien abduction. Um. So yeah, this would have to be a close encounter of the fourth kind because they obviously like weren't conscious and cooperative. Yep. Um. Yep. But they were definitely abducted. Oh so. yeah, for sure. Fourth just kind, like, for like, sure. And there's, like, proof of it. Well, not proof-proof, mm-hmm. proof, but, like, there's pretty but, like, much proof of it. Yeah. It's one of the most um, researched, reported, and, like, proven, quote-unquote, yeah. proven, like, cases of alien It was definitely a transformation of their history. sense of reality. Oh, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed we do. Indeed yeah, they all got Indubitably. 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 This is my mouthful. <laughs> so my case is um it's either like it's known as i feel like this one's a pretty well-known one too but like as always i feel like there's like the two super well-known alien cases and then the rest of them are just like kind of well-known yep, so this yep, one's yep. like in the kind of well-known spectrum where you probably Sweet. have heard of it but like don't know it and so i'm doing the case of oh man okay so you know how you do yeah, that thing that case? You know how you do that thing in your head where, like, you decide how the name is pronounced and then you're just like, this is how you say it, and it's nothing like how it looks? So you're not really sure. So I kind of did that, and I never actually looked up how to say it. So I'm going to give a shot at her last name, and then I'm never going to say it again for the rest of the episode. Okay, cool, cool. So Love it. This is my favorite. um, I'm doing the case of Linda Napolitano. Napoleon Dynamite. Okay, well, how I said it in my head was Linda Neapolitan, um, but the Linda Napolitano. Cool. Um, we can call her Linda Napolitano. I'm just going to call her Linda. Okay. Or the alias that she used at first when she first started coming mm. out with this um, was Linda Cortile. Cortile? Cortile. Linda Neapolitan and Linda Tile. That's what so she just us. Linda. Linda's, Linda's, Linda's good old yes. Linda. Or Linda it's also known what. as the Brooklyn Bridge case or the Manhattan alien abduction. Ooh, okay, yeah. So I have heard of this one, but I don't yeah. know about it too much. So okay, well, you're, you're about to you're about to learn. <laughs> you're gonna learn today, son. So this is a case where there were multiple witnesses, but none of them have like gone back in the past, like. It was over 30 years ago, and none of them have gone back on it. Because you know how sometimes there'll be people who are like, yeah, I saw it. And then they're like, "Mm, actually, I was just saying that. I thought, because, you know, people just, like, want to get in on the hype. Yeah. Um, So this is one of those cases where nobody went back on it. So it happened on the 30th of November of 1989, right? And Linda was, like, she was just kind of sleeping in her bed with her good old husband. Yep, they were just kind of napping. And she awoke to see a figure, like, at the foot of her bed. But this was kind of weird because, like, her husband was still laying next to her and she had remembered that she had locked all the doors that night. So, like, why would there be a dude at the foot of her bed? Mm-hmm. So she, um, she, um. Did she? Yeah, she, um. Um, um, um. Are so, you having trouble reading your own handwriting? Maybe so. So, um, the only memory that she really had at the time, well, actually, it's because I, like, scribbled something out, but then I remembered that that's how I wanted it to be written. (laughs) So, like, I didn't, instead of writing that, like, the scribble was, like, null and void and that this was, like, okay now, I just, like, left the scribble and I I counted on myself to figure it out in the future. So, her next memory was, like, of an examination table and, like, that's the next thing that she remembered right away before regression was like waking up on an examination table and there being people around her that were not people and that she had kind of her descriptions of and they're like the grays that people speak of and I guess I didn't really get a definition of the grays because I like thought of it as just kind of one of the ones that people yeah isn't that like is doesn't that like refer to like the like the color of the their skin or something Um, like like the Roswell's grays. Um, well, they're just kind of like the stereotypical one. Typical, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't even... I know really... exactly... See, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, everybody... Like, I didn't even think of it 
as something that people wouldn't know, but they're like the recognizable one with like those black eyes and like the tall ones and they're just kind of like gray and like humanoid shaped kind of, but then have like, yeah. So they're just like, they're what you think of when you think alien. Um, I went, (laughs) I went to the Wikipedia page and let me read you a quote from the Wikipedia page because I was just like, I'm going to look it up so I can actually give them some info. Um, And so this is, this is, Perverts, exclamation point. Although not as aggressive as reptilians in UFO lore, greys are the sex pests of the supposed alien world. Oh. So apparently, um, yeah. Their interests are said to include fiddling with genitalia and lodging dildo-like objects of people's anuses. Where did you find my Tinder profile? Anyway, anyway. Okay, so I tried to get you some info on what the greys look like, and now you know that they're the sex pests. So let's continue with my story. Uh, But anyway, so that's, like, what she remembered um, is waking up to see that figure, and it was weird because her windows and doors were all locked. She lived in Manhattan, so, like, that's not the best place to be leaving them unlocked. Um, Her husband was laying next to her, so it wasn't him. And then the next thing she remembered was the grays surrounding her while she was on the examination table. And then the next thing she remembered after that was, like, she was back home. And the entire time, like, she was back home, and, like, she woke up, and her husband was there, and he had been asleep the whole time. And, like... Yeah, so it's, like, kind of spooky. Obviously, she was like, well, that's weird. So she was, like, transported to a different place, too. She was on a different table. Yeah, and then she she just woke up back home. Um, Yikes. And then, so this happened in November of 1989. So, like, this was kind of a weird thing. Because the thing with it is that she had actually been, like, interested in aliens before this. And that's part of, like, the weird thing about it is because those kind of make for some of, like, the kind of unreliable things because like if you're already into aliens it's like yeah like they say that the more into aliens you are the more likely you are to have an alien abduction and stuff but what that kind of i don't know it's kind of weird like that's where it gets into that area where it's like well maybe they were just making it up because they're into aliens um because another thing that i found is that this happened in November of 1989, but in April of 1989, she actually contacted this dude that we'll learn more about, Hopkins. I don't actually have his last name. Maybe I should have written that somewhere. Oh, I thought or, that that's was his, his last name. That's his last name. But, okay. Oh, Bud Hopkins. I got his first <laughs> name. That's what I was talking about. So she contacted um, ufologist Bud Hopkins and talked to him and was like, dude, I've got this, like, weird mark on my nose and the doctors literally say that it's like some sort of implant or something and that's the only thing it could be but she had never had surgery on her nose and she had had it for like the past like 13 years and so they said that it had to be something from like surgery like maybe she had broken her nose or like maybe she just got like an implant or like but you would remember getting yeah that. you would remember that yeah. and she even you talked would be to like, her parents oh, yeah i had fucking nose surgery yeah like. <laughs> and she even talked to her mom and she was like yo mom did i get an implant her mom was like what the fuck are you talking about like i can only imagine like if i called my mom and i was like hey mom did i get a nose implant she would be like what please i didn't raise you like this <laughs> So anyway, 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 so it was a confirmed thing by her mom and everything. So like this was before the abduction, though. So this kind of like hinted at maybe either something had happened like earlier in her life, but also at the same time, you can never like something like she had had an encounter earlier in her life. They say that like having one encounter makes it more likely for you to have further encounters but also, at the same time, this could be something that she made up that she had never had an implant. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm, have to, like, mm-hmm. take everything with a grain of salt. And, like, I don't want to say, like, this is a for sure thing. And we all have to believe her hardcore and not doubt yeah. her at all. Because um, this was also before this abduction happened. So it would have, like, said that she had had something prior as well. After she was kidnapped by the aliens, obviously she underwent some, like, hypnotic regression eventually. And this was after she, like, contacted Hopkins again. And mm-hmm. she was able to recall more what had happened. And she remembered flying over apartments, like, being lifted out of her window and flying over some apartments, just kind of in the air, like, flying lady. Um, nice. And then she was lifted into a UFO. And in the UFO, she was, like, brought down the hall. 
and she like screamed and yelled a lot but they like covered her mouth and then that's the part that she remembered because then she was on the examination table and like she couldn't do anything because like I didn't see anything on the sources that I had but I assumed she was like held down and stuff she was restrained somehow yeah yeah. she was definitely restrained somehow but she had her mouth covered so she wasn't able to do anything and that's the part she remembered was everybody surrounding her the grays yes and then I just started Grey's Anatomy by the way and I yeah this is all Grey's Anatomy anyway Grey's Anatomy is actually um, a show about aliens. Anyway. So, that all happened. That was her kidnapping. My name is Linda Neapolitan, and this is my story. So, at this point, we've had the whole nose incident. She got her kidnapped. She did her hypnotic regression. She's, like, kind of buds with this Hopkins guy. He's, like, a ufologist. They're pretty close now because, obviously, she's gone to him for a lot of advice on, like, Yo, I got kidnapped. This is a rough time. Nobody relates to me. And he's like, don't worry. We'll be buds. We'll be (laughs) buds. Get it? Because this is Bud Hopkins. (laughs) 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 Anyway. (laughs) So, in February of 1991, these people that went by the name Richard and Dan sent a letter to Hopkins, and they were claiming to be two undercover cops in a car that was stalled by Linda's floating body that day not stalled by the body like the body like stopped in front of their car but like the car got stalled um and they weren't able to like drive and then like while it was stalled they saw this body floating through the air so it was only kind of the assumption was the car stalled because of the aliens because electrical shit and so they said that they couldn't give their identity because they were undercover cops and that they had had like the special person and they were working with somebody important but that's like kind of all they got from them at that time Um, and so the thing with it is that this whole shenanigans with Richard and Dan has never been like entirely entirely confirmed so like I'm gonna tell you this but like it's like kind of like a weird thing this it's just, int- let's just, yeah. Yeah, like, I can't yeah. say that, obviously, I don't know Richard and Dan, so, like. Yeah, and you can't just, like, prove Nothing can like be that. confirmed. You're just nothing taking with- their word for it. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah. Taking, we're taking word for this, so. April of 1989 is when the nose thing happened. November of 1989 is when she was kidnapped, and then February of 1991 was, like, two years later, and that's when they sent the original letter, and then in April of 1991, Richard and Dan kidnapped Linda and then drove her around for almost four hours asking her like weird questions related to kidnapped her? Yeah, they kidnapped her. Relating to like government things and like really weird questions relating to like aliens and government things and like all this shit. And she was just like, Okay, I hate this. Don't Um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So um yes. And then when she was asked why she didn't immediately report this kidnapping she said that they had had like government plates and that it was like legal and okay with government shit so that's why she didn't want to report it because they had claimed that it was like legal and then like they had had like government plates so she was like well nothing's going to be done anyway i don't know this whole like case is like a little weird anyway yeah i know i don't like it either i feel bad for her so this poor girl after being driven around like that she was like, all right, this is kind of weird, but, like, at least it's over, right? They asked all their government-related questions. Yeah. She's like, please just, like, leave me alone. I don't want anything to do with your government alien nonsense. Yeah, that's still, um, like, that's, like, traumatizing. Yeah, and then they had apparently way. told her that, like, she was really important with the aliens. Like, apparently they were, like, real weird at her. And she was just like, bro, I don't want this. Like, drop me off back at home, please. My husband's <laughs> there. <laughs> and then later, I don't have an exact date for this, but I guess Dan kidnapped her. And then uh-huh. um, brought her to the river and, like, tried to drown her there. Like, tried to tell her, like, the only way he would not hurt her is if she, like, got in the water. And then, like, kept, like, trying to push her down. And then Yikes. was stopped by Richard. And okay. Oh, yeah. This was actually... I do have a date. This happened October 15th of 1991 at Long Island. And so she was saved when like richard came and like was like bro stop and like he was just kind of like sorry this is this is real awkward and then like sorry. <laughs> just, just curling up on my keyboard he's, t- he's too cute okay it's continue <laughs> um so i guess like richard came and like was like yo this is real awkward sorry about my friend 
(laughs) and then like and then like they were just like gone and then this poor linda is like traumatized because she just almost got drowned and so i guess like the hopkins guy remembers like her showing up and like she was like soaking wet and like she was just like traumatized and like he had to like help her calm down because like remember he lived in the area so they had become really close and like obviously she can't really go to her husband like she can but like her husband's probably like you and your fucking alien nonsense why are these dude kidnapping you (laughs) whereas like bud hopkins is like the dude she's gone to about all this alien nonsense so it's just kind of like it makes sense that that's who she'd go to again later hypnosis that she did after these kidnappings revealed the third man in the vehicle to be like a foreign guy like a foreign what's the word like a foreign, um, a guy, like a representative, like a foreign representative. Oh, like a, um, mm, I know what you're talking about. What's the name? I don't know. He was a foreign representative of Ambassador. Some Ambassador. Um, and his name was Javier Perez. Her hypnosis said that, okay. like, that was the third man in the car during one of these kidnappings. Sure. Um, and that's who they were apparently undercover cops for. Now we're past these kidnappings, like kind of closing up on this. Like, I guess that was it for the kidnappings. And I guess she got a letter from Richard, like later on in life. I don't remember if it got sent to her or Bud Hopkins, but I guess she got a letter saying that like Dan had gone like insane and saying that she didn't have to worry about him anymore because he was now committed to like a mental hospital um, because he, he had gone insane with like his obsession with her and aliens and like all of that stuff. And so Richard had apparently sent a letter saying that like she didn't have to worry about being kidnapped anymore and that she could like move on that's Um, good i guess yeah so like that's really good that like thanks richard yeah that he sent that but like what i'm getting from it is that he probably dan probably went crazy like if this is real and this really happened then they probably had some role related to like extraterrestrials in their government job if this is like a real thing that happened and like he probably went crazy from all the stuff that happened so this case was all like real i don't know it was kind of nasty but i can understand like why he could get like obsessed with that if yeah it was like specifically his case and why he could like put that like if i had to focus on like some case like i understand how he could redirect that to her specifically mm-hmm. and that would make sense why he would have actually like eventually gone insane and like had to be right. institutionalized um but it's really rad of like this Richard dude, if this, like, is all real and this happened, it's really bad of this Richard dude to send a letter and be like, yo, mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it anymore, because that just, like, that must have been something that was, like, terrifying her. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's a lot easier to get obsessed and hung up on, like, a, a real person, you know? Yeah, that, like, because then it, he had for something sure to exists. Yeah. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, as somebody who has, like, my spoop experiences, which we can talk about during a spoop episode. During a spoop episode. <laughs> Um, I'm going to call it spoops. That's how I call it. Um, I know. But yes, if somebody who has specific spoop experiences, it's a lot easier to, like, redirect that to specific things. Like, I don't know, like, specific things that are haunted or could be haunted mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. than, like, thinking of them as just a general, like, spoop entity. And I'm sure if, like, he was focused on the alien part of this, like, it was a lot easier to focus on the person, like, related to the case rather than the possibility of the scary alien. Aliens themselves, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so, like, that's why he could have gotten obsessed with it, to, like, avoid having to focus on that. Dita. Your cat's messaging me again. But, yes, I guess, like, way down the road, I don't have an exact date at all for when this could have occurred, and I couldn't find one, but another witness kind of, like, sent a letter in saying, like, the name that they went by, um, that isn't the real name, was Janet Kimball. And mm-hmm. they said that they had a similar thing happen when they were on the bridge. That they could also see this floating lady at the same exact time as, like, Richard and Dan saw it, And that she kind of claimed it happened. And that her car also stalled, like, on the bridge while the lady was floating over her. And that she saw the lady, like, Oof. getting lifted up and stuff. It could have just been a random person writing in, but that makes for another witness that, like, mm-hmm. hasn't gone back on it. And the last thing that I've got, because these cases never really close, like, these cases yeah, never really yeah, have a finality really thing. But the last thing I have... I mean, that's I kind have, of the nature of this podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's yes, really closed. It's all, un- it's all unsolved. It's always me in the end. So, the last thing you is... You are gray. How did you know? Is it my complexion? But yes, the last thing I have that's just kind of wrapping up all of this, because we've talked about like how kidnappings related to it that are just kind of eerie and government sounding that kind of hint at like a government 
involvement with it and we've uh -huh. talked about our hypnosis and like the intensity of all of this but just kind of like to wrap it up as like a final note after all this happened november 1991 after her kidnappings and after she's gotten this letter saying dude dan's out of your life you good and after all of this and after like she's moved on um, she did get a nose x-ray done again because like the originally oh, okay. originally she hadn't gotten a nose x-ray it was just kind of like she was like i've got a lump and they were like that's very clearly an implant like that's kind of funky have you gotten nose surgery and she was like not nah. and that's when she wrote to bud <laughs> hopkins and she was like i've got this lump what could it be and now after all this she was able to go and finally get an exam done on it and they confirmed that it was in fact like a non-natural object that was like a quarter of an inch in length wow. in her nose so like Weird. it very clearly wasn't just a lump or anything and it was confirmed that it wasn't and she still like talked to her parents and she has not gotten surgery or anything so it's like where could that be Weird. it remains unsolved bum, bum, bum. i'm sorry dita i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm podcast sorry. listeners um i'll cover your little ears <laughs> so um i think this also counts as like a fourth encounter though because she it was not like a conscious and cooperative it thing yeah. it was um agreed so agreed. nice i guess that's our alien encounters we're totally gonna have to do another episode on alien encounters though, oh we I have for different sure ones as well that i want to talk about um i would love but, to but i'd love to do yeah multiple episodes on like one topic i agree Yes, but that's our episode here. Hey, can you let go of my earbuds? Let go. Can you let go? No. <laughs> Don't let go, Jack. Never let go. I guess now we have to, like, wrap this up or some shit. So thank I you guess. again, Alex, for that topic. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And It was one I, that I was super excited to do for... I'm really excited yeah. for next week's topic, but that's a surprise. Yeah, we can't hear about it yet. And actually, from now on, we're going to start doing episodes every week. Um, yep, yep, we're going to try our best. We, we finally figured out, I think our audio is going to be a lot better with this episode. I certainly and hope like so. From, from here on out, because um, I think we finally figured it out. I think we solved it, but <laughs> I think Tay's cat's biting their foot again. Oh, he's got my wrist. Oh, okay. He's a, ah. Is he hungry? You are a feisty boy. Um, Dida. So naughty. Well, taste screams in the background. Yeah, um, it's gonna be. Ah! We've got all these episodes to do now. If we're gonna do one every single week, so since we have this huge amount of listeners, you should, <laughs> you should go ahead and drop us, drop us an email or something, and let us know like what kind of topics you'd like to hear from us. Otherwise, we're gonna have to keep asking the same like three friends over and over again what topics <laughs> they want. Yeah, do you want an episode dedicated to you? Then give us a topic. Yeah, um, give, us a, give us a topic, please. We have no friends. Yeah, come chat with us at... Uh, we're very we... lonely. I have no <laughs> friends. Give us um, ideas. We never solved anything at gmail.com. That's the address to come to. Yes, and yeah. find us on Instagram and Facebook at We Never Solved Anything or on Twitter at WNSA Podcast. Yes. Or is it just... Our, it's a... It's an acronym for our name. It's WNSA Podcast, yeah. Okay, I didn't know what the podcast part was after. You got so, it. You are correct. Yeah, you are so you correct. can find us there. Um, yeah. Come drop us a line. You know, yeah. come slide I'm into very lonely. Yeah, slide into my DMs. is just extremely lonely. Shut up. Um, I have tons of friends. There's a cat hanging on you. This and is what I've been dealing with this entire time. Oh, you can follow our music, our music guy. That's Asuya. H-I-I-S-U-Y-A on Twitter and on SoundCloud. You can oh, find yeah. Him. He makes other music, I guess. He does. Um, <laughs> and, like, thank him or something. He's also really lonely. He won't admit it, but he is. You can, like, send him a message and be like, hey, I really like your music. And he'll, he, like, won't admit that he likes it, but he'll probably ignore your message, but he'll appreciate it. Also, shout out to our artist, Aki. Oh, yeah, that's your that's your boyfriend thing. Yeah, my partner. I've, I've been watching him make some actual art for our icon, and I'm very excited about it because it's looking super good so far. But if you want to kind of see what he's up to, you can find him on Instagram at Sky. That's I-R-I-D-H 
A-N underscore S-K-K-Y. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to us. Um, hopefully our audio quality is better with this episode. And if it's not, we're going to keep working on it to make we're it the best it better. can possibly be. We can only go up from here, y'all. Hopefully. That's what we said the first episode. And then our second episode was... And then it got worse. <laughs> um, but we had Sam. And he's beautiful. So he did a good job with that. Thanks for bearing with us, guys. I'm gonna go eat a salad because I'm really hungry. We'll see you next time. Yeah, catch you next um, week, dudes. Um, we never solved anything. Later, nerds. Goodbye. Ah, that's a wrap. <laughs> Hello, it's me. Is it me all looking for? File nudes. Welcome to Wisconsin. Can we go on over to the bubbler? Oh, just gotta sneak past you to the bubbler there. Tracer. I'm already Tracer. Do you want to be Winston? Are you going to be Winston? <laughs> I'm just like a tall, angry mutant. Sam's like, what does it mean? Like, you say LOL, and that means laughing out loud, but you don't actually laugh. So he's like, what do you say if you're, like, actually laughing? And I was like, I usually just say, like, I'm actually laughing right now. And he was like, can we make that, like, a new little Alrin? Alrin, A-L-R-N. So we just, like, throughout the day, we continue yelling, Alrin! Alrin! So that's the new thing to say, kids. Um, catch it, catch it. I'll tell you where the pizza is. My ass. That's your booty. No! Oh my god! Tay, why did you have to fart in the microphone? Tay, you, like, didn't even do that in the same like city as me but I can like still smell it so now that taste gotten um their farts out into the microphone <laughs> blast we're blasting off it's me anime boy you can be my anime girlfriend everything's gone to shit anyway